When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. To another episode of Today in Sports Betting, I am your host, Devin Ellington, D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find this fabulous podcast over at hoop-ball.com because, hey, we're a presentation of said website and entity. Go check them out. Go to Hoopball Tweets on Twitter. Go ahead and give us a follow there. If you are on an Apple product right now, before we even get anywhere further in this show, I need you to go ahead and go to the podcast stuff. Go ahead and find us today in sports betting. If I mean, you're listening to this, so obviously you found us. So go ahead and leave a five-star review. Do some words, grammar, at least 10 of them. Screenshot that, send it over to myself or at Hootball Gaming, and we will get some Fun stuff in your pocket, potentially. Just keep on keeping those five-star reviews in. Got a huge, huge, huge show today. But it wouldn't be possible without Manscaped or MyBookie.ag. You hear me talk about them in the middle of the show, but I will highlight the promo codes a little more here at the beginning. MyBookie.ag. That's where we can place all these playoff bets that we're about to talk about. And go ahead and go use them over there. You sign up and use promo code HoopBall. It's so easy. If you don't want to do it, we'll do it for you. That's how we take care of business over here. And then you go ahead and just let them know that today in sports betting sent you and use the promo code. I would recommend not signing up for rollover bonus, but that's my pub, uh, personal opinion. Not that it's important, but do that. Use the promo code, help us grow. So that way you can grow your bankroll and we can also give more. So the more that we grow, the more we can give. It's about giving. That's the biggest thing. We want to give you knowledge, insight, bankroll, all the such. Promo codes. And then manscaped.com. I just got some fabulous products. I got the lawnmower 4.0. I got the early drop on it. Thank you, by the way, Manscaped. And um, it's great. It's got a built-in LED light. And that's probably my most personal favorite feature. Uh, the charger is not clunky and you can put it in a lot of uh, spaces on your counter. So that's a plus. And it's got easy cleanup and it's waterproof. So it's versatile. You know, what else could you want? And then you get 20% off and then free shipping if you use the promo code HOOPBALL20. All caps, HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. All right. Promos and all the such out of the way. I just tried to speed rush those because today's show is very exciting. We've got a lot of content to break down. We've got a lot of matchups and teams and players and all that good stuff to look into. And we're going to get to do it with a very special person in the hoop ball. 
and I say that very, very lightly, but well, I say very special to people. I mean, we got, we got a whole roster here, guys. But the man himself, Aaron Bruce, he's going to be joining us. And I just honestly can't believe that we haven't had an episode with him on yet, especially with the complete atomic nuclear burner that he was on for the second half of the NBA season. I've personally never, ever, ever seen anything like that. Um, so without further ado... I'm going to bring my two guests in today. We're going to talk some great basketball, and I'm honored and excited, and I'm happy these two gentlemen were able to make it. So, Mr. Aaron Bruski, boss man, how are you doing? <laughs> well, thank you for the nice intro. I really do appreciate that, <laughs> and, and it's a pleasure to be on with both of you guys. I, uh, I really, really love the work you're doing, and, and I don't like to blow smoke up anybody's keister. Um, I won't say it if I don't mean it, so good job. And uh, yeah, it's it's been wild. That the the heater, I, I'm a little concerned that I might not ever beat it again. Um, which in year one of full season capping is a little bit depressing. <laughs> it's never going to be this good again. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I, I have no idea. Um, you know, 54 percent for the year. Um, I had to do some digging around. Apparently, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, you definitely didn't tank the second half of the season at all uh kept the win percentage way high i i i got a little cocky i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i really seriously by the, by the end of last week or whatever it was i i like i didn't think i was ever gonna lose again it, yeah it's uh so you gotta tell yourself you're gonna lose again hey don't get a big head you know you could go on a a complete um you know losing streak here at any point in time and that kept me sharp so the biggest the playoffs, way to shrink your uh, bankroll, sorry, bro. Uh, to shrink your bankroll is to inflate your head. So yeah, to piggyback your point oh, God, uh, yeah. a little bit there. Um, then, hey, uh, to not be rude and leave anyone out, let's bring in our guy, Patrick, for the Celtics coverage at Hoopballs. Is it, we got it just at Celts or is it full on Celtics? Full on Celtics here. That's what Hoopball I thought. Celtics, okay. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick, how you doing, boss? And hey, this is another an inaugural moment. You know, we've never done a show together, and it's like a triumvirate of uh, new creative energy. So uh, kudos us. Yeah, no, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor to come on the show and uh, talk to you guys about some basketball. You know, uh, I, I've been depressed these last few weeks, so uh, maybe this will help me pop out of it a little bit. Jalen Brown injury got me down a little bit, but, you know, if anybody who likes watching the Celtics, you know, check me out on the channel, Hoopball Celtics. You know, you can also find me on Twitter. My handle is at Ball and Opinions. Um, we tweet during the games. I, I give you my takes during the games and uh, have shows follow after show, um, those games. And you can check it out. I break down what I see in the games and everything like that. And I'm very unbiased. I'm not just going to be there and be a homer just because I'm a big Celtics guy. You know, I, I'm very critique of my team now and, uh, I definitely watch with a Hawks eye. So check me out on Hoopball Celtics. Yeah, I can attest to that. And like I said, I've really enjoyed the Celtics content that we've gotten added here. I think I said it off here. Might may not have gotten on. Yeah, on you did. Yet. I appreciate okay. it. All right. So now, <laughs> yeah, so I just got to get it covered on both fronts. Um, you're, you know, not to be Debbie Downer, but Celtics got a long road in this postseason, And I think they're going to have some, obvious individual success with Jason Tatum. Uh, Brew, what do you think about 
<laughs> this two seven matchup. I mean, they, they dogged it out in the play in game. The Celtics did. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think they could, I, I, I honestly think they could get two games and I don't mean to be, uh, cheeky about it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, um, so once Jalen Brown was ruled out the top two team or probably the number two and three teams, Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn, they really played with an intention to get the Celtics at seven or whoever would be there because the fall off <clears throat> was real. And uh, so that tells me a little bit about what the league thinks or what at least those two teams thought about the Celtics minus Jalen Brown. Uh, I'm actually more, believe it or not, I'm looking at Robert Williams injury as almost more critical <clears throat> to, uh, and sorry, as I hack a bunch in the allergy season over here, um, more critical to what their chances are. And, and I've been a huge Jalen Brown fan my whole um, career, if you will, um, or his whole career. And the, the one issue though, that I see here is that they are, they operate a little bit better without him. And I think it has less to do with Jalen Brown and his talent level and, and what he's doing on his end um, and more to do with the fact that you got Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum and, and even Marcus smart to a certain degree that aren't able to um, exist in a, in a multi-isolation, you know, uh, threat offense, which is what these guys are. I mean, Kemba Walker will play in the pick and roll. Uh, and that's where Robert Williams comes in really, really handy. But you got Jason Tatum, who's more of an ISO guy. Marcus Smart is kind of a multi-purpose guy that you don't really want running on the ball too much. They just haven't been able to get to the rim. And when you throw in Jalen Brown and, and a lot of his aggressiveness on offense, <clears throat> it leads to standing around for those guys. And when you add standing around to not getting to the rim, they start to have these offensive problems. And you notice a lot of uh, long faces on that team throughout the year. And I think it's just the mixture of these players wasn't really panning out for them and they lost a lot of games. So uh, the fact that he's gone, there's a little bit of a plus factor in there. I think you're going to see a little bit more fluid offense out of those guys, but they're not going to be able to, I mean, they, they miss him defensively and they also miss him offensively as well, just overall against this star studded Nets team. So, I'm of the mind that um, they've got very little chance, but it might not be as bad as people think. What say you, Patrick, Mr. Seltz? Yeah, I mean, you, Brew kind of hit it on the nail. I've, I've talked uh, multiple times about how I believe Robert Williams was a bigger piece to lose. Um, Kemba Walker was really efficient with Daniel Tice, so when they moved him over to Chicago, um, it was very interesting to see how – him and Robert Williams relationship would develop. And I thought they did a really good job in the pick and roll. And it was a very bread and butter type play where, you know, you're either going to get Kemba getting a pretty good look um, with a jump shot or a drive, or there was going to be a lob to Robert Williams. And I don't think that I've seen a lob that Robert Williams can't go up and grab at this point. So having him hindered with that turf toe and he didn't practice again today, and he's considered day to day. I, I really am concerned with uh, Robert Williams health. Moving forward, uh, he's always had these health issues in his career with us. And also, Jalen Brown's injury is almost like a, a blessing in the skies, I say. Even though I am depressed about it and it hurts me, 
um, realistically looking at the season, it just, it just wasn't falling for us. You know, we were, we led the most uh, games missed due to COVID and it was by a long stretch. I think it was by like 60 days um, compared to the second team involved. And um, something I've also noticed with this Boston Celtics team is they're just, uh, they're not playing a lot well together. So having like this pressure of them, like not expect to go anywhere, they can play a little bit more loosely. I do think that Kemba Walker now can go into a offensive zone where he feels like I'm not stepping on Jalen or Jason's Tatum's um, toes anymore. So now he has the ability to step into a second score option and definitely opens up his game a lot more um, to where we needed him. And I also just think, too that this this team is just it needs a break and Jalen Brown was dealing with knee tendonitis before that wrist injury so having him almost get that injury and getting him off his knee sooner is more encouraging for me for the future um it does suck for the now but you know you you gotta just handle with the punches and, and go with the flow and I think you guys are a little bit more bullish with the series than I am because I'm thinking maybe we get one game if not a sweep so Hearing you guys say that we might win too, you guys got me uh, feeling a little bit more excited about the series. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I don't know what the run of the course is now for Brad Stevens. I love him dearly as a coach. I loved him in college. You know, I'm a huge college head. But, um, you, you know, like you, what you talked about, just the down faces and the, with the players and just kind of the chemistry and what, was and what kind of, you know, didn't develop in certain aspects of this team at the end of the year. You know, I, I think there is, there's obviously not a full blow up situation here. You know, the, the team's got good bones. Uh, Jason Tatum's a generational talent. He, he's a phenomenal player. And, you know, I'm glad y'all brought up the Robert Williams saying both of you. And that just shows why I wanted to have you on the show because I was, I wouldn't say oblivious, but you know, I, uh, Definitely wasn't taking that into heavy account. But yeah, two games, I mean, with a scorer like Jason Tatum and some guys that can play gritty, real gritty from time to time, I think that goes far in playoff basketball. And um, also, I didn't want to be overly insulting to, you know, my guest as I brought you onto the show and be a terrible host. Just kind well, of hey, throw- I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw something out there. Um, Marcus Smart has a pretty good shot at defending James Harden straight up. You know, he's got the the strength, um, you know, and, and Harden's going to be a little bit apprehensive to play his game, you know, with all those other guys there. So you, you can kind of like cross them out one by one, like, okay, we can make James Harden a little bit more inefficient. And then Kemba versus Kyrie, I kind of think that's not the worst matchup for, for Kemba. Um, you know, there, there's a star call element that will take place. Um, you're going to see a lot of clutching and grabbing. That's been the, the um, you know, what we've seen in the first play-in games and the, the refs have had a hard time adjusting. They might figure it out before then, um, but either way, it'll be a more physical game. You just look at Kevin Durant and, you know, Jason Tatum, you correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, did he really grow to 6'10"? Cause <laughs> you know, um, that's just kind of like a, a rumor <laughs> that really never got 
officially, you know, ruled. I don't have a measuring tape. I, didn't, I haven't seen them in person. But if I ever get that chance, you bet, you bet I'll measure them out for us uh, so we can get some clarity there. But, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, the matchup-wise, I'm also really interested to see, like, if Brad decides to throw Romeo Langford on Kyrie Irving, because I do like that matchup for Romeo to get some defensive experience against a guard like uh, Kyrie's level and just utilize his length, try to put some length on Kyrie because Kyrie's so fast and everything. You're going to need some length to make up for that speed. And I think Romeo Langford's a good piece to throw at Kyrie Irving at times. Hmm. We go learn on the job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can bring your hard hat. Um, yeah, like, like we talked about dogs in this series, you know, in the competitiveness, Kimba, that's a great point out by you, uh, Aaron. So the Eastern conference, you know, and Hey, Brooklyn don't play much defense. You know, I'll just point that out. I don't know if, uh, (laughs) you know, Brooklyn's going to be stonewalling anyone throughout the postseason with their defensive efforts, but, uh, you never know. Boston, I think is a team that, be excited for next year. Obviously they're going to improve vastly. So I'm already looking at perhaps a team <laughs> over a uh, full season win total over for Boston, you know, uh, just foreshadowing kind of looking for something to look ahead uh, at. So um, there is another uh, section of this bracket that I'm pretty interested in. And, you know, the matchup between Atlanta and the New York Knicks is something that, Honestly, this is probably the matchup in the playoffs that I'm most excited for in the first round, um, other than probably like a Western Conference matchup that we'll talk about. But um, the Knicks and the Hawks, and we got our boy Brad in here now. And uh, Brad, you know, he covers the Hawks for us here at Hootball, and him and I did a show before the season started, and we talked very highly of these Hawks, and I you know, mentioned how I was excited uh, where the where, where this team could possibly end up. And I think, Brad, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm trying to remember that episode, but I think we both agreed that they'd probably fall in the four or five seed area top side. You know, they had that potential. So that was a really good call from our guys. We put that together at the beginning of the season. So that was really fun and exciting. There are some specific matchups in this four or five matchup in the East and I want to get your opinion, uh, Brad, and that's going to be Julius Randle against, you know, either, I'm not sure who they're going to throw at him, uh, Capella, a mixture of Collins. I don't know if they're going to try to put speed or body on him, but uh, how do you think that your Atlanta Hawks are going to handle uh, Mr. Randle in the court? Well, Devin, that's the question down here in Atlanta is um, who are they going to put on Julius Randle? It's no secret that Julius Randle tore up the Hawks uh, the entire series this year, which led him to have some very, very confident uh, comment um, on a podcast when they talked about the impending matchup between the Knicks and the Hawks. And Julius Randle responded, that'd be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, They're a team we've beaten every time this year, but they're also a team that's really good. And so we can't take them for granted. So that backhanded compliment is warranted because we've had no answer for them. So I think the best approach for the Hawks is just to throw as many bodies at him as possible. Um, if a, if DeAndre Hunter is uh, ready to roll, you throw DeAndre Hunter at him, uh, who's physical and has some size there. 
You throw Capello in there, who's known as a good defensive player. Um, but as far as obviously the lateral quickness of Julius Randle, that is a mismatch. So you have to throw John Collins. Oyeko Kongu is going to be thrown into the fire uh, pretty early in his NBA tenure. So I think the, the key is just to throw a lot of bodies at him. Try not to, they're going to, it's, it's really hard to guard Julius Randle one-on-one. So they're going to have to try to avoid double teaming because he's really effective when the double team comes and he's able to pass out of the double team and find an open shooter and quickly in Bullock in Barrett. So the key is going to be basically the bigs, all the bigs for Atlanta to be ready for Julius Randle, who definitely has a lot to be confident about. And this Knicks team has a lot to be confident about. Um, but I, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about why I, I think the Hawks will pull off the upset. Yeah. Um, well, great points made by you and all stuff that I was honestly hoping to get more, uh, chatter about in a Kongwu, you know, that's a great toss out there by you. Um, a lot of folks probably, you know, casual NBA fans, not too familiar with that name, but he is a pretty good young defensive player for the Hawks there. Hunter's health is huge, obviously, like you said, and, um, it's great to have, you know, some faith in these Hawks, you know, we talked highly on, I'm like, I already mentioned at the beginning of the year and I, I, you know, I'm glad you pointed out Randall's passing because it was something that stuck out in fantasy basketball a ton this year. And he was just a great big that could get you assist numbers also. And he's passing out to these guards and I'll, I'll segue here to the guards being the X factor guards equal X factor is what I got wrote in my notes for this series and that is, you know, well, A, Trey Young's a guard, but B, what guards around him are going to step up and help him. But then also you've got the, the huge just veil of, you know, in and out, just who, who's going to do, be doing what for the Knicks at the guard spot that seems to be ever-changing. Um, is Derrick Rose going to have some postseason success? I mean, there's some really exciting points uh, in this game. Boss man, I got I got to go and say that I've got the Knicks in six, and I hate to say that. <laughs> I, 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 if you're asking me a question, are you referring to me? Because oh I, shoot, yeah, I guess yeah, you are the yeah, boss. So technically, I am. Yeah, I, I, my ears yeah. perked up. I was like, yeah, that, oh, that's this is, this is my time. <laughs> I need to I need to stop being so Oklahoman because it's like I call everyone boss, and I do like the air pistol. Like, hey, boss, how you doing? You know, it, it, and I got you know, and I got this big mustache now, so it's like it's it's a whole personality. So. Uh, <laughs> Open well, forum, well, guys. Well, 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 here's the crazy thing is <clears throat> we're going to talk about the Knicks like they're really good. And, and that's just wild, right? Um, you know, Tom Thibodeau comes on board and then they become a Tom Thibodeau team. You know, they're tough and um, they're going to, I mean, Atlanta, if no matter what happens, they're going to feel like they, they played a football game after this. I'm, I'm most interested to see how they officiate Trey Young because you know, we've seen it all year. You know, if he's getting the line 15 times, that means defenses do not know what to do with him. He's making them, you know, they're putting him on ice skates because they just have no options. And what we've seen so far with the officiating in the playoffs is they're letting a ton of stuff go. Um, I don't know if they'll give him the stop start stuff. That's uh, probably my biggest question. And then um, everything sort of feathers out from there. If, if he's getting that, then I think that the Hawks have a great shot. Um if he's not getting that, you're going to look down the, the roster and see who else can contribute. Um, you know, Capella's had a great season. 
John Collins has been completely underrated. I think, um, you know, offensively, even defensively a little bit. Um, I don't know if he can cover Julius Randle. There's so much strength there that, you know, he's, he's really light in the pants uh, to use the old Bob Rathbun line right there. Um, and then you got DeAndre Hunter and we just don't know what he's going to be. Um, and, and I, and I wonder if I'm picking between him and a Kong Wu, you know, which, which one would I want to roll with? You know, Hunter's got experience. He's proven himself throughout the year. Okongwu, you know, putting him up on Julius Randle in a playoff setting, that's asking a ton of him. Um, so once you um, get done looking at all that stuff, I'm, I'm looking at uh, also the Knicks backcourt and, and thinking, you know, Derek Rose got a ton of experience. Alec Burke's got a ton of experience. Both these guys are um, going to leave a mark, I think, in this series. So then um, basically, uh, you know, who else in the Hawks is going to contribute? is what I'm thinking. And, and Bog, uh, Bogdanovich is probably the X factor for me. And, and having watched him for so long in um, Sacramento, he has trouble with separation. Um, so if the defense is allowed to clutch and grab a little bit more, I think he might have a hard time giving them the offense that they need. So, uh, and then his ability to defend is, is sort of in question. So I'm looking in that Bogdanovich, Derek Rose, Alec Burks area for X factors, but the coverage on Randall is, is probably the most important thing. So Deandre Hunter being available is a pretty big deal. I got the Knicks in the end, but uh, it, it is going to be a classic four or five series. It's going to be real fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, uh, Aaron Bruski. I'm, I mean, you got to think about this Knicks, Knicks team, man, is you look at Tom Thibodeau and he's doing Tom Thibodeau things. He brings in a bunch of veterans that he knows who like to play defense, play hard and play aggressive. And I think in the playoffs, the defense uh, it matters so much more, especially in a matchup where it's like, you know, the stars are pretty much even. You got Julius Randle and Trey Young, and then, you know, it's almost like you could pick at who you think is the next best player in the series. Um, some might say John Collins. Some might just say, you know, um, another player on the Knicks. Uh, but the thing is, I, I just trust defense in this matchup more than anything else. I think the Knicks play defense at a very high level, and I think that's going to get them to win the series. I also think that there's no answer for Julius Randle on the Hawks. There, there isn't a guy on there that can, that can limit him because, you know, you put, throw a big body on him. All right. He's going to step out and shoot. Like maybe you want him to settle more and that's the thing, but then he also can pass. So it's like, you're opening the floor up for him and then you're pulling that big out and it leaves you gapped in there. And it's like, I think the big X factor for the Knicks too is RJ Barrett. We didn't mention RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. And I think RJ Barrett has really played well in the second half of the season and is starting to show some promise in his development. I thought he definitely started his career on the wrong path, and, and it kind of was like a shame looking at him and, and his draft class, or like you were expecting more at where he was drafted. But now he's starting to come along. He's starting to look like a late bloomer in a sense, and uh, I'm really liking what I've seen from the Knicks a lot this year, and it hurts me to say that as a Boston Celtics fan. And I'm sorry, Bradley, but I, I got the Knicks in five, man. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat where like I wouldn't even be surprised if it was a sweep at this point. Oh, that's disrespectful. I wouldn't say sweep. <laughs> yeah, Brad, and that was a great call by, every, I mean, everyone just great points here. And that's why I was so happy to just host this thing because I'm just getting knowledge over here. G- give us an X factor. Are these veterans going to, do you think that, you know, Gallo's going to be able to help out, you know, because I think this is honestly, this has potential because I think the teams are super evenly matched up to be a six or seven game series easily, even though I said Knicks, oh, I said Knicks and six, but uh, yeah, I think seven games is very possible in this. And I would be excited if that was the case. 
think seven games is a possibility as well. Um, for the real matchup, in my opinion, that is going to be really crucial. Both, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna basically cancel out. Both teams don't have a lot of playoff experience on the rosters. Both teams added veterans. The Knicks have had confidence because of the season series. The Hawks have confidence because they haven't. The Knicks have not played the Hawks healthy full strength all this year. And then you have the added motivation of comments like from Nate McMillan talking about how far as the NBA needs and wants the Knicks in the playoffs. And I mean, he basically got fined 25K for speaking facts. So I think there's some motivation behind the Hawks that they feel disrespected. They've only had four national televised games this year. They're a relative unknown. Everyone's pretty much, um, even the guys here on the panel are pretty much giving it to the Knicks. And I think that being here in Atlanta, that culture, that Atlanta versus everybody, I think that's really going to hold true. And don't get me wrong, the Knicks have done great, great this season. They deserve all the credit uh, from Tom Thibodeau to Julius Randle uh, to R.J. Barrett. Everybody on that team has played phenomenal, and they're definitely one of the best defensive teams in the league. But I think that a lot of people are overlooking the Hawks' second unit. I think the second unit between these two teams is going to be crucial. You mentioned Gallo, Lou Will on the bench, Kevin Herter, who I think is going to be a real X factor. He's going to have to be aggressive off the bench, especially when you have a Derrick Rose on the other side who's going to be aggressive off the bench, an Emmanuel quickly as a rookie who's going to be aggressive. So basically, in my opinion, whoever's second unit plays the best in each game is going to lend itself to who is ultimately going to win that game. And I think it's crucial for the Hawks if they can steal either game one or game two before coming back to Atlanta. Both teams are real confident playing at home. Both teams have the same road record this year. If the Hawks can steal one, I think it can go seven, and I think the Hawks can win in seven. But that's asking for two road games out of the Hawks, and the Knicks are very, very comfortable playing in Madison Square Garden. But who else is comfortable playing in Madison Square Garden? Trey Young. Trey Young, as much as Julius Randle likes playing the Hawks, Trey Young likes playing the Knicks. So I think it's going to come down to whose star is playing better. I think that's going to be a wash. But it's really going to come down to the second unit because we already know the defense of the Knicks is going to be really tiresome. They're going to be very physical. That's why the Hawks' bodies and them being healthy now, I think it's going to give them a leg up. And I can see the Hawks winning this in seven. Yeah, it's – like I said, it's just going to be a good series. I was looking forward to this. I'm glad that we were able to get you on to speak on it. And, you know, I was a terrible host when we got you in here. Uh, I forgot to give the listeners and the people what they wanted, and that's your Twitter handle. That's at Brad Jarrett, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7 on Twitter. That's correct. And then, of course, at Hooball Hawks. Go make sure to check us out there. Check him out there. I'm not really yeah. on there much. I just want to say hi to Brad. Hey, Brad. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Hey, Bruce, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, I'm a big fan. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I will tell all of you that uh, me and Alan are reuniting for a special episode. So we're going to release that. We're going to recap the good from the, this Hawks season. It's definitely it's been an emotional roller coaster, just like the entire NBA season. But we're going to preview this next matchup as well. So it's going to be really fun to get his insight. But it's just great to be amongst royalty here at Hootball. And I just appreciate the opportunity to speak up for the little guys here in Atlanta that uh, the Stephen A's and even the Brewskis are uh, choosing against. <laughs> uh, but it's just, a, it's just an opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to come talk to you guys this evening. Well, hey, for the listeners out there, those two on a podcast, that's a pretty big deal. So uh, you guys got to get in there and listen to that. Yes. We're gonna make it fun. It's, 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 like a, it's like a future Young Thug feature here in Atlanta. That's, <laughs> that's <what it> is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Words of the wise. Hoop ballers.
Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls and the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the Lawnmower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the Gooch. It is hard to get to the Gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah, that's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name. I want them to know. But most importantly, you got to let them know what podcast that is. And it is Today in Sports Betting. You let them know that we sent you. And then we, as a family, get to grow. And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. Use Bitcoin to get going. It's a high recommendation of VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather, they get in there, they get going with Bitcoin, they get their money in and out, and it's easy peasy. Who balls the promo code? Use that. Let them know that we sent you mybookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, as a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado, we have today in sports betting. Yes, so lots of exciting matchups on the eastern side, the eastern shoreboard. And we also have a number one seed to talk about. Obviously, we haven't really talked about Philly yet. We're, um, you know, the Wizards are playing right now as we record. So we're looking for uh, the result of that uh, play in matchup. 
The number one seed on this side, Philly, my biggest question and what it was for the whole season, I'll just kind of let you guys uh, pig roast this uh, number one seed thing, and we can uh, volley it on to the Western Conference side, number one seed, the Utah Jazz after whoever wants to take that. We can just rotisserie it. But uh, Philly, can they stay healthy? Whoever wants it, go for it. I'll go, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think they do too. I'm, I'm with Brew. I think they stay healthy. I agree as well. Do I, do I think it matters? That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it matters if Joel Embiid crumbles into a heap on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, he has been healthy all year long. You know, I'll knock on wood for him because I put him in a bad position there. But honestly, just obviously fueled the Phillies to that number one seed, uh, him being healthy. That was such a huge component for them. Uh, ben Simmons, you know, always a risk with his play style to maybe miss some time here and there. But, man, if with their defense and with that coach they got there, we got a lot of great coaches here. I just want to say and I'm a coach nerd. So the Eastern Conference, you know, we got Doc Rivers. We got Thibodeau, Tibbs. We got Mr. Uh, – uh, old school Nate McMillan. We got Spolstra, the film guy. Got old Steve Nash, the soccer player from Santa Clara. Then Brad Stevens, the college uh, savant. Man. And then not to mention, got Mr. Buddenholzer at the three seed. So some great coaches here um, in the playoffs on the Eastern Conference. So random tangent for me, for y'all. Well, I mean, that kind of builds off a point I've been making online uh, is – there are so many teams you don't want to face in these playoffs. And I counted, I want to say like six, seven teams that actually have a, a shot, you know, unless we want to play that the, the Lakers are going to just sort of re and reinvigorate themselves and be head over or, or, you know, just so much better than everybody else. I, 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 I have a hard time picking who's going to win this year. I just want it to be enjoyable for everyone. Uh, you know, I, I hope that we get some, a good product and so far i think the play-in game i was a definite naysayer of it just kind of curmudgeon but you know i enjoyed the play-in you know the game between the lakers and warriors was pretty phenomenal some blowouts on the eastern conference side but the spurs gave it a try on the west so what number one seed do y'all like better you know who, whose chances i mean and it, this is kind of a loaded question just because the way the west is so probably a terrible question here but who has more glaring weaknesses as a one seed, Utah or Philadelphia? I'll jump in if, if nobody else is going to jump in. I got Utah as one of the, the, the more dangerous teams. I don't know where their weakness is, to be honest. I mean, you could say health. You know, if Donovan Mitchell's not ready to go, that could be an issue. Uh, you know, Mike Conley's always a little bit gimpy. But, you know, this team has athleticism where you need it. They've got a couple of players that are at least intriguing against LeBron and uh, Royce O'Neal and um, uh, Joe Ingles, I think can, can irritate him a little bit. He's got good length. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert is going to match up real well with Anthony Davis. Um, they, with, with what Rudy Gobert has done this year, he's come into the season at the optimal muscle uh, mass level. He, for a couple of years, wanted to get real big, and, and the, you notice he had a lot of injuries during that time as well. It's almost like he was too top heavy. So he came into this season really thin and his ability to move side to side is that it's, it's probably as good as it's been since his rookie year. So that's created a defensive alignment. That's really, 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 I mean, you don't see it that often. So these guys can defend anybody. They shoot a ton of threes. They're good at it. They have enough playmakers to, um, you know, if you get a matchup where, 
somebody like a Mike Conley can't be effective. Well, you could go to Joe Ingles, you could go to Bo- Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, obviously you got Donovan Mitchell there. And and that's probably the thing that's overlooked right now is when we were looking at the bubble this last um, year in the playoffs, he was crazy. You know, he looked like unstoppable uh, Donovan Mitchell that we thought he would be all year leading up to that point. So he took this real big step forward in the playoffs and, you know, so they have every ingredient of a champion in Philly. Yeah, they're good, but, um, and I, and I do think they have a, a real shot here. Um, but, the question that has always been with them is what happens when you take away their first and second thing they want to do, you know, are they going to be able to respond and can doc rivers guide them? He's had some playoff issues in the past, uh, you know, really good playoff coach from the perspective of keeping his guys where they need to be. But, you know, in terms of adjustments and things like that, there's been a couple examples in his playoff career where he hasn't been able to get that done. So um, you, you have a little tiny question mark there with him, but uh, Utah, give me Utah all day. I, I'm also uh, I'm on the Utah train and it's, it's mainly for the reason of Mike Conley being the guy that they, they wanted when they traded for him. Right. So last year he had that really off year, had a really hard adjustment time. You know, he's, everyone thought, Oh, maybe he's done. He's fried. And I thought he had a really good resurgent year this, this season. And I thought he's looked a lot better. And then they also have a really good bench. They're one of the deepest teams, I think in the playoffs, I think they're very dangerous. They're good defensively. They're good at shooting. They're good on fast breaks. Like, however you want it. Like, if you make mistakes against Utah Jazz, they're making you pay, regardless. Now, in Philly area, uh, and maybe it's just me being a Boston Celtics person, like, that's who I wish we were facing first round. You know, and if we had Jalen Brown, I'd be full-blown confident we're winning that series, even as an eight seed going against a one seed. That's how unconfident I am in Philly and just just seeing how, like, you can make – if choose you turn Joel Embiid into a, a shooter and get him out of that post a little bit, and try to get him to start selling for three pointers. Uh, it's you know that's that's the name of the game. You get him to start selling for jumpers, and it's what what else can the Sixers do? You know Ben Simmons is in space in the floor much, and uh, you you just got to depend on Tobias Harris to kind of step up and be that third best player on that team. And at that time, it's like I, I'm not sure. And then the fourth best player, who's the fourth best player? It's it's arguably you know it's not great once you get past those three, and it's they're pretty top heavy at that one two and. I'm just not confident in that. My decision will not be because of the last two matchups against the for the Hawks against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, but I'm going to agree with you guys with the Utah Jazz as well. I just think that the continuity that the Utah Jazz has developed being a team that's pretty much been together for the last few years with under the same coach, so having that unified voice and unified presence in the locker room, I think it's really going to give them a leg up versus Philadelphia. They have a, an assortment of pieces that they put together, and they've done a wonderful job this year, as y'all both have alluded to, uh, Embiid being healthy, Simmons being a DPOI candidate as well, obviously on the other side, talking about Rudy Gobert. But I think just the continuity itself with the Utah Jazz and watching the Hawks Bay, both of these teams, the, wor- the worst two losses, in my opinion, as far as just getting just absolutely dominated, this year, uh, I'm not going to say Philadelphia, even though those games were blowouts because the Hawks weren't full strength. But the games against Utah, I was very impressed with their three-point shooting, with their depth, with how they play on defense. They can throw a lot of bodies at different at different players. They can run different defensive sets. So they're very versatile on both sides of the, uh, of the court. And I think that that's what's going to give them a leg up. It's a lot stiffer competition in the Western Conference. I mean, there's no question about that, but I think that the continuity with the Utah Jazz is what's going to give them a leg up over Philadelphia on the other side um, on Eastern Conference. That defense of the Jazz is very huge 
and then them being, you know, in a home situation in a seven game series, just even more large uh, for what Utah can do in this postseason. Now we do have a, you know, possible matchup of the Clippers and the Lakers in the battle of Los Angeles, if you will, you know, I know it gets talked about a lot, but you know, they, with the Lakers being the seventh seed going up against a uh, Phoenix team who is uh, off that incredible bubble performance, you know, they went undefeated in the bubble, didn't make the technical postseason. CP3, point God out here, just almost 40 years old, just willing, not, I, I exaggerate. Well, he's like 34, 35. He's a few years off. But, anyways, this Phoenix Lakers series, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, the fact that we got LeBron and we got CP3, you know, some of the world-class uh, guys in this league right now, uh, just kind of the veteran gold standard, if, if you want to say. And then AD, you know, I, I just think AD is going to have a lot of success. And maybe someone in this chat disagrees with me, but I, he's getting healthier you're healthy, you know, and he, I, I honestly would love to see this to be a seven game series. So I'm going to say Lakers in seven because I'm selfish and want to see that. I just, I hope this is a good basketball series and we get to see some great performances by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then LeBron and such for the Lakers. Oh no, you're setting me up to be uh, the hating uh, Celtics fan uh, against the Lakers here because uh, a month ago, well, we gotta I have actually, one. You, you always got to have I, one. I, I'm, it's not even that I hate the Lakers or anything either. This is not my reasoning behind it. A month ago, I've been stating in, in to a lot of communities I talk basketball in, and I just state and I go, I really don't like how everybody's kind of been banged up this last month, and the Suns have been healthy. I think this, the Suns are going to the finals. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on that train, and I think that the Suns are going to pull out the series in six games. And I think they're going to shock the Lakers. And I think the moment to play the Lakers is actually right now for the Suns because you want to get them before AD feels that 100%, before LeBron feels 100%, right? So I think they're going to take advantage of, of the fact that these guys aren't 100% there yet. And I also think this Laker team is not as good as it was last year. These offseason moves that they did, I wasn't a fan of. I was like the big reason that they were successful last year was because they had three rotational bigs that were really good, really good. They had JaVale McGee, they had Dwight Howard, and you had AD going out there too. This year, like, I don't I don't like Drummond. I think Drummond is a very bad basketball player. Great for fantasy, great for fantasy, but I don't like his game as a basketball player. He sits there, he'll miss four shots, grab four rebounds. Cool, you got four rebounds on your misses. That That's a good job. Your stats are going to look good, but I, I'm just not a big fan of uh, – of what Drummond does for them. And I just, I'm not scared. I would not be scared of the Lakers this year. And I got the Suns in six. Brew? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I, I, I'll, I'll give a little premium stuff away for free here. Uh, I, I have the Suns as one of my futures. Um, they, they were a plus 1600 ballpark. Um, and, and I don't know if the odds makers knew the Lakers would win. And that's why the numbers, the way, what it was, because um, this is a team that, torch the regular season um and and they did it in a way that was dominant you know they they were they were they weren't you know sometimes you see these regular season runs and it's a lot of teams slept on the team for the first half of the year and then they you know maybe you get a little bit lucky blah 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 they they actually played really well in high leverage games and 
you know, it's Chris Paul, it's Devin Booker. Um, Mikhail Bridges is going to be a superstar. I mean, I don't even know if I'm breaking news with that anymore. His uh, offense is completely underrated. Defensively, he's going to have a Kawhi-like ascent. Um, so that's going to be really fun to watch. But, they, I mean, it, you look at the move they made to get Jay Crowder, and you think, did you guys yes. really think you were facing the Lakers in the playoffs? Because, geez, that's like the perfect piece to add. And, um, you know, up and down the roster, they have some answers. I do think DeAndre Ayton, I'm not an Ayton guy at all. Um, you know, Rashawn Holmes outplayed him an entire season, you know, when he was there last year. And But he has the, the, the profile of somebody that is not going to let AD get easy stuff at will. And, and so they'll battle a little bit. And that's really all you, you can ask for there. I, I wonder if the Lakers are going to put Drummond on the floor because that's going to give the Suns an excuse to play Frank Kaminsky. So if you see Frank Kaminsky go off, you heard it here first. Uh, player prop moves. people. I yeah. mean, and so um, I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I did make my play for the Suns. And it's tough because you're betting against LeBron and we all know how that's gone, you know, through the years, but all the, all the previous points I'm, I'm on board with, you want to catch them in this round. So I, I would bet that Chris Paul took those guys and I know they had a film session watching that game. I bet they coached through that entire film session, exactly how they want to cover everything, picked out all the weaknesses and Chris Paul's sitting there telling those guys, Hey, this is actually a really good thing. Cause we got to beat these guys anyway. Might as well get them while they're hurt. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe it, but the Suns, Lakers out in the first round. Oh, yes, Brewski. Love it. I love him. I'm the only one on this trade, man. <laughs> love it, man. It's not a also, comfortable I, place to be. <laughs> Brad? Also, I do think the winner of this series is going to the finals. So, <laughs> Ooh, bold call. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. Absolutely. Brad, did you have an opinion on this one? You on the Lake, Lake Show, or are you going to be uh, with these guys? Ooh, it's, it's hard to go against LeBron James. It really is, um, especially if he's not partying with Drake the night before any of the games. I think it definitely guarantees that they're going to go at least <laughs> seven games in the series. And I mean, because last night, I'm going to be frank, I knew the Lakers are going to win. I fell asleep at halftime. Obviously, I was on the East Coast watching a West Coast game. Everybody was thinking that the sky was falling because the Warriors were up. And I'm like, LeBron James coasted the first half. He'll be fine second half. They'll probably win by five. They end up winning by three, so my prediction was cr- close. But I agree with Patrick's point about the the the, big, the quality of bigs this year for the Lakers doesn't give them a distinct advantage, in my opinion, in the front court. And I think that's where they were going to beat Phoenix. Of course, the guards on Phoenix's roster, it's no comparison as far as, as, far as the Lakers. Phoenix roster has better, better backcourt. And I thought the the bigs would give them a leg up if it was last year. But this year, with the injuries coming into the postseason, LeBron's not really 100%. He's already kind of built in that excuse about, I don't know if I ever will be 100%. So I just feel like this is a little bit of that they played late into the bubble. Most of the Lakers really didn't want to play. Now they're here. They didn't really want to be in the play-in tournament. So I think Phoenix is going to be a little bit more excited about this. I think it'll be a seven-game series, and I think that CP3 and Devin Booker are going to put on a show, and uh, the Suns are going to move on to the next round. And I hate to go against LeBron wow. James, but I'm, I'm going to Woo! join the train. I'm going Three to do it. Three of us. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so hey, did any of you guys first. think that that flop last <laughs> night was not very LeBron-like? Like that flop where he – and you might not have caught it, Brad, because I think it was in the second half – he jumps into a flop. So like he, uh, his feet he got reviewed, right? Yeah. got reviewed and then it got turned into 
um, <laughs> a foul on him. But I just kind of I was watching that and I was I was thinking like, you know, the easy low hanging fruits like Michael Jordan had never done that stuff or whatever you know you want to say about that. But I did kind of think like he he might be a little bit you know like concerned. Not like I, I do agree, Brad, that that he coasts quite often and and in that game as well. Um, so he doesn't really he didn't come into it with the, the switch all the way on. But like I just it was really interesting. It was a close game. They needed every bucket they could get. And then he went out there and he flopped for that. Like, is he concerned at all? Or is that just LeBron being LeBron? I didn't have the answer to it. So I, I, I think know. it's LeBron being LeBron. And I, and the thing that you said right there, like, oh, Jordan wouldn't have done that. Uh, Jordan wouldn't coast either. I think this would have been a game where Jordan been like, I'm dropping 50 on your head and telling you guys we're not a playing type team. We're a playoff team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean – LeBron has always Jordan. been known about LeBron's always known for controlling his own narrative, and that obviously falls into games as well in controlling calls and him having lengthy discussions with officials. So I'm not surprised by this, and I just think that it's it's LeBron being LeBron. As much as I love him and respect him as a player and all that he's done on and off the court, there are some things that are just unforgivable as far as what he does uh, like being so dramatic um, that's why I mean that's why he has a you know production studio he loves uh, directing and, and controlling the whole show so that's why he's in Space Jam too <laughs> hey hey now Jordan's supposed to be in it too so yeah that, that did get leaked <laughs> that did get leaked I saw that absolutely you best believe it how could hey, you is R, is R. Kelly singing any songs this time? I don't think R. Kelly's getting any whoa, gigs these days. <laughs> it's not probably it's probably not gonna be good quality through the uh the, the phone uh, from the uh, We're not trying to cancel We're not trying to cancel here. We're not trying to cancel Space Jam uh, 2 before it even comes out. <laughs> I'm just saying if they don't at least get J. Cole to do half of the soundtrack, I'm gonna riot. Uh I think it's I'm perfect. Like you know, his new album came out this year. He's from North Carolina, and uh Space Jam 2 would be pretty cool. Fire. Yeah, do like Kendrick and J. Cole for the Space Jam 2 uh, soundtrack. I'll make it happen. I'll make some calls. Um, Denver and Portland is another series that was sticking out to me that I want to talk about. And I really think this is another seven-game series that's probably going to happen. And the Western Conference, I think, can be full of them in the first round and throughout all the way until the Western Conference final. The... Match up here between the three and the six seed. We got Dame time. You know, we got Jokic. And it's just kind of – it's like Groundhog Day, you know. The uh, matchups that these two franchises recently have had within the postseason have been very entertaining and very ecstatic and electric. And I just wish it could have a chance to be the Western Conference Final or a semifinal. Yeah, I I honestly just – can't pick a winner but i think it goes seven series for sure yeah i am looking at portland man and they're just such a fun team to watch you know their bigs are getting healthy now america's just coming back i think that's gonna be a big key i watched Jokic drop 50 points on the celtics earlier this season and uh the celtics were still able to win that game so just having Jokic is not going to be enough it, it really isn't and this denver team is going to miss jamal murray and i think the guard power for Portland, I thought that was a good trade to go get Norman Powell. I know he's been slumping a little bit lately as far as production goes, but I think he'll he'll be a good key piece in this series. I also think that C.J. McCombs had probably one of his best years. I, I looked up his stats actually earlier, and he was having 
the best year as far as points per game wise. And he came back from an injury. So some of those probably should have been higher than what it actually is. So seeing uh, how Portland's been playing and how hungry they are, and Dame's going to win you at least one game just off his star power alone. It's, um, I'm going Portland in six or seven, and, and I'm pretty confident with it. I can dig it. Underdog, I always like those. Brad, yeah, Brew, anyone? who? Uh, yeah, I tend, to, I tend to agree with Patrick. I think that Portland's going to win this series. Um, I, I agree with him. The loss of uh, Jamal Murray was a huge blow for the Denver Nuggets this year, and as much as going to be a lot of pressure on Jokic's shoulders, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Michael Porter Jr.'s shoulders. I mean, he's still young. Uh, will this be his coming out party? I mean, there's not really anybody on that Portland team that can really match up with him, but they don't have really anybody that can truly match up with Dame Dollar and CJ McCollum. They have Melo off the bench, and you mentioned Norman Powell um in a slump, obviously, trying to figure out, obviously, his footing in Portland after being traded from Toronto. I mean, Tampa, sorry, uh, Tampa this mm. year. Um, Norman Powell is the type of guy who we've seen in games that can take over and stretches, whether off the bench or just being, you know, that third, fourth score, especially on this Portland team that could you could have a game dedicated to, wow, that could be the Norman Powell game. And they have several players on that team in Portland that can have their respective moment in the sun more so than Denver, even though they've been deep in the playoffs the last few years. So I'm going to go with the upset as well with Portland over Denver. Man, I have no idea with this series. Uh, no no joke. Uh, it's the, the one thing I'm wondering about is will, will Dame start launching from 35 feet? And then what will the coverage be if so? Because they'll, they'll either try to bring Jokic into that action and Jokic at, you know, above the free throw line is, is pretty much a made bucket if, if he gets caught in a switch. So how are they going to handle that is, is one question, but like Tim Connolly, the, the president of basketball operations over there, he, he was talking some trash. He called Jokic the best player in the NBA. And it's, I don't think it's that yet, but it is really, he's in that discussion. And so if at all Portland doesn't execute, you're going to have a guy on the other side that's going to control the ball game. Um, there is a lot of, um, I don't know if it's uh, bad blood, but there's history with him in, in Nurk. Uh, Ennis Cantor is, is a really good body type to defend him. So I guess if I had to pick, I would take Portland. Um, and then Will Barton coming back, I think, is, is maybe the, the X factor. You know, I'm not a huge Will Barton guy anymore. Michael Malone is a huge Will Barton guy, and Will Barton – can at times bring something to the table that makes Denver a little bit special if he's not kind of being Will Barton out there. He, he's just like flying around all over the place with ball offensively. He'll do two good things and three bad things. It's just like, wow, you know, that was a, a real Will Barton moment there. Um, but they're short right now. And Compazzo is not going to get it done. Uh, Monty Morris coming back for them is, is low-key good. Um, but yeah, no, Dame, I think uh, – too much, too much Dame in this one. So we'll go Portland. I have a Enter quick question, guys. Yeah, I have a quick question. How many times has he, have these two teams played each other the last three years? It's probably an astronomical number that has probably has some, at least some record or historical significance. It seems like they can't get away from each other, whether it's obviously being in the same division in the regular season and then playoffs. But I think it's just going to just add more fire, more fuel to the fire. And I'm like TL said, I'm gonna get my popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. <laughs> I think as far as historical measure, 
Um, didn't they have that wild? I think it was like four or five overtime game. Uh, in yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think that a was a couple that, years ago. Um, you know, when Jokic lost like fifteen pounds in one game. Yes. They, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's they, how he got in shape for this. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. Yes. That he cut he cut it all right there. That was um, I remember watching that game specifically. Um, I think it became the longest postseason game um fact check me on that but i think i remember that happening so uh anyways the other main matchup i say other main that was four overtimes in four. uh 2019 the and that was, it was game seven season. it was a game seven also that was really the, the moment that both of those teams sort of in- up their level and, and became legitimate playoff contenders Absolutely. that you, you would be afraid of, you know? They both transcended right there a lot, you know? Um, they had a lot of, like you say, Brew, high leverage moments in that playoff series. And I believe it was this, it was to go to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it was in the semis. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. And, and at game seven was a four point game, 196, just after oh, that all was of those six. quarters. Okay. Oh, my. Gosh. Yeah. They they both ran out of gas and uh sort of limped to the finish line, but uh Denver pulled it out. Yep. And then lost to the Lakers. And that brought us to this point. Yeah. You know, and for all of really, I mean, God, can you imagine if Jamal Murray was playing in this? Because like that would just add another team. (laughs) I'd be I'd be picking Denver, that's for sure. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and but it's just there's so many good teams that have a shot at this thing. And and like I don't kind of want to rule out Denver, but I will at this point in time with no no Jamal. But I mean, really good time for NBA basketball. Well, we're gonna give it the old sham wowie curse and the sweeperoo here. Um, Portland from all sides here. I think ultimately Portland does win too. So uh, six versus three. You know, it's just like college basketball. We got to have an upset in this bracket somewhere. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about the six seed on the east side, but d- does Miami do it again? Uh, but, uh, to stick with the West, the clips and the Mavericks, you know, I, I'll just get it out of the way. I'm a Mavericks fan. So I'm going to have a certain colored lens and I try not to, when I handicap and I've grown a little more distant and detached from my loyalty since I've started doing this hoop ball gaming stuff. And I do like that because I like to have an even, uh, scope on, you know, a card. So helps me stay disciplined. The Clippers and the Mavericks are in another rematch. How many rematches do we have in this postseason from last year or the year before? I mean, there are so many. Milwaukee, Miami is one, I think. Uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, well, we got Denver, Portland. We just talked about Clippers. Dallas. Yeah, I mean, so we lots of rematches. Um, this one, though, honestly, I just don't see it with this Mavericks team. I haven't all year. I've not at one point been really excited about this team. They settled right in at that five seed. I thought that that's probably where they were going to end up. Six seed made more sense to me. But the uh, matchup here, I'm not sure who has a bigger opinion on it out of the rest of the group, but I, I think the Clippers just have really good success in this series, and it's not really much to think about. I think PG is tired of being tired of being downtrodden by the media, by NBA fans, and he's brought all this upon himself. But I definitely think that 
and I was speaking to speaking about this with a Mavs fan who dearly dislikes the Los Angeles Clippers. But I think that this series in the retrospect, obviously, of the timeline for the next few years between these two franchises is extreme is extremely important for the Los Angeles Clippers for where they want to go with free agency looming this offseason. Kawhi, where is he going to go? I think PG may be in that list as well. They have to have some success this postseason with this nucleus. They got Doc out of there. They promoted Tyron Lou. This is their opportunity. They went, they're going against a Dallas team, which made it interesting last year. But I think LA was a lot more entitled as far as them feeling like, oh, we think that we, we're going to make it to the NBA Finals. And they got humbled in that matchup. And then they crumbled after that. So I really think that what happened last year, the changes this offseason, the Clippers, is, is, it's a lot of pressure on the Clippers for them to succeed this year. And I think that they're going to get past the first round. Definitely a six, seven-game series. Uh, I'm going to push for seven, but I think that the Clippers are going to pull this out just because of the importance as far as going forward for the timeline of this franchise. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's Clippers in four or five. I think Luka can win a game. Yeah, same. Uh, I just I think the Clippers, honestly, I don't know why they're not getting as much buzz as they haven't been, but I thought they've been playing really good as of lately. I thought their defense, I thought the acquisition of Rondo, you know, maybe me being Boston guy. Um, playoff Rondo is real. Um, it's a real thing. I don't know why it's a real thing, but it is. And it's something to take to consideration with this team. I, I just have a big faith in, in the Clippers taking the next step this year. And I, I also just really like how they're constructed. And I like the coaching staff there. I think they've been on a roll, and and I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if they were the ones that end up getting to the NBA Finals. Low key, like the Clippers this year too, Patrick. You're not alone in that one. I I think they go a little under the radar, um, like you said, um, Brew. You being out there in the the state itself, California, the Republic of, and uh, I'm sure you have an opinion. Yeah, I think you guys all made excellent points. Uh, I'm with the. I wonder about the implosion factor. They had, they gave up so much to get these guys and, you know, it hasn't worked to this point. So I'll be looking for, for cracks in the armor, but um, as far as, uh, so I have a bet in on, on Dallas um, mostly because the odds it's, it's plus three twenty or whatever it's what it's at right now. So I, I like the number there. I don't know that I would pick Dallas straight up to win the series. Um, I think they'll probably sneak up and I've got them also for the uh, first game as well, but um, it's, it's all going to come down to Paul George. Like if he can be the guy that he can be, then they have a really dynamic team and, and, and the usage is exactly where you want it to be. Um, If he's not that, then I think Dallas will win. So I I got a little closer than you guys, but uh, gun to head, I would take uh, the Clippers. Yeah. To, to advance. Oh, oh wow! You you, you you're trusting that playoff P doesn't show up, huh? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I don't know. It might not be bowl game. <laughs> I can't believe he gave himself that nickname, man. That is crazy. He he did that to himself. He really did. He does it to himself pandemic. all the time. And then turn into pandemic P, which is even funnier than playoff P. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah. So, yes. <laughs> Thank but you for reminding yourself those nicknames, nicknames man. Yeah. <laughs> Self monikers usually don't go really well at Play- all. Playoff P, man. <laughs> like, yeah, no. 
not a thing. You know, playoff Rondo, though, you know, I, you did give a shout out to that, Patrick, and that is definitely it's, a real it's thing. It's a real thing. A, you, can, you can ask any Laker fan if it's a real thing, because <laughs> it is. Um, they, I don't think the Lakers last year win the championship without Rajon Rondo on the roster. Yes. I, I've, been against, I've been against playoff Rondo, but then he went to L.A., and it was the perfect scenario for him because yeah. he couldn't tell those guys what to do, and – he even tried to tell him what to do and he'd go try to take the ball out and they would look at him and pass the balls to LeBron and be like, what are you doing, man? No, you're not getting the ball here, but he had a great postseason, and, and he made me look bad. So uh, shouts Rondo shouts. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he did that, man. He's, he's now won a championship with two of the most historic franchises in the NBA. So one of um, two Hall, players future Hall of Famer to Rajon Rondo. Absolutely. And he's one of two players to, uh, complete that feat so very very cool thing western conference is going to be you know it's going to be the wild west you know that's just what it is um the east is going to be free and easy i i just think there's going to be so much chaos within this postseason and trying to pinpoint exactly who's coming out of what side you know this could be we're both number one see i don't know I'm not going to say that because i just can't see philly making it you know this is going to be the playoff basketball that we have to enjoy and just kind of take in because we got some really great matchups and we got some really great potential matchups and some really great players uh, sprinkled throughout this whole thing. So if you're a basketball Amen fan, to that. I yeah. mean, it's going to be it literally like we cannot project the second round. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just, I mean, it could go any which direction. Yeah. I'm saying, I also, I'm, I also say though, like I always, we always seem to do this as basketball fans. We look at the, the postseason, we're like, oh, this could happen, this could happen. Ends up being the teams that were projected to go to the finals like months ago. It's like people were like, "Oh, you know, this team, this team might have a chance," and it's like, "Well, it's you know, Lakers." And and to build off your point, um, that's uh, that that that's the way that it goes. Um, or actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it into a betting direction here for a second. Yeah, there we could exactly see that. We could see you know the Lakers and the Nets, um, and the Nets really. I mean, we haven't seen a team like that in really ever I, I that that the talent on that team is really just unheard of and if any of the guys you know like Blake Griffin if he can be anything at all you know you're really looking at a team man Joe Harris like they got him to dunk they got him to dunk guys they did <laughs> and um you know there's parts of his game that look a little bit better but um I'm, I'm not buying that yet um but at the same time, you know, from a betting perspective, I think this is a great season or playoff season to take a lot of underdogs and uh, fade the favorites. But, uh, you know, we'll see if they can I pull will, it off. I will sign up for that narrative very quickly. Uh, second it, in fact. Well, guys, you know, I would love to just continue to break this down further and further and further and just create an even bigger mega show. But we can't, you know, this is unfortunately, you know, all of us are adults and we got other things to do. But I was super glad that we were able to get everybody together for this and dig into these playoff matchups. And if we'll, we'll just kind of send it around and before I wrap this up, but, you know, re reiterate, you know, who everyone is, uh, you know, obviously we got Aaron Bruski. I was chatting with us today creator of this whole thing of uh hoopball hoop-ball.com and we got our boston celtics and our atlanta hawks coverage guys you know patrick and man i know it's it looks simple 
Lounsbury, right? Yeah, it's it's Lounsbury. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so funny because I live out in the middle of the middle of America, and you know, I get self self uh, confident. Uh, you run into another one, man. Let me know. I haven't I haven't ran into one that's not a family member yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then Brad, you know, I gave his handle out earlier, but uh, if you need any hawks coverage he is your guy if you're in the georgia area definitely shout him out brad jarrett with two r's and two t's 67 with the at sign in front of that on twitter well hoop ballers that was that episode i was joined by those three musketeers uh of patrick brad and aaron what a wonderful show it was. I hope you all enjoyed it. Just kind of doing a solo rap here outside of the realm of that show, but uh, doing last minute edits and touches on the show today. And I made sure I uh, got the show put together for y'all, but I wanted to point out that, you know, we now have a locked in postseason bracket uh, for basketball. We've got tons of playoff hockey happening right now, as well as baseball. We have got some really great things going. College baseball is about to have their tournament. Might get some low-key coverage of that. I know we haven't talked it all year at all. But it's something that I do very much so keep an eye on and that I do like. And I honestly just uh, – it's, it's a tough thing to handicap because there's not a lot of exposure on the sport itself, and it's so vast and abundant. And it's um, very fun to watch once we get into the tournament side of things conference tournaments going on right now so if we can't uh have some fun handicapping some college baseball then i you know i don't know who can so once again all those uh gentlemen that joined me today on the show of course at aaron brewski with the blue check mark the godfather of the whole entity of it all himself and then we've got at basketball opinions mr patrick lounsbury our guy. And then we got Brad Jarrett with two R's and two T's 67 at Brad Jarrett 67 for Brad uh, Harden, our wonderful Atlanta Hawks guy. I had a lot of fun with that show, made sure I just wanted to, like I said, spread those positive vibes and positive energies that I always talk about at the end of the show. I want to get a true Today in Sports Betting outro in, and I just hear that smooth jazz that we use and that jazz hip-hop, whatever you want to call it. It's one of my more favorite things, and so I just wanted to relish it a little bit. So this last little recording snippet was a little selfish, I guess we could say, but I just enjoy doing it for y'all, and that that's the thing. So without further ado... Sending you all of my good vibes and sending you all of my good energies. May you be safe and may you be healthy. I hope that there is nothing but positivity around you for the day as well as your evening. Let's make sure to have some fun as we look into this postseason. Let's make sure to have some fun as we just go through our days. So enjoy the moment we're in and let's enjoy some winnings. Without that being said, you know how to be fun. You know how to be safe. So with all due respect, you don't need me to tell you. Today in sports betting, out.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.